0: The following program is recorded content created by The Truth Network. Wake up, everyone. It's time for The Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble.
1: Have you ever been uh, through a season in life, and you might be in it right now, uh, a season in life where you just kind of feel like a punching bag, and uh, nothing is going your way? And this isn't a case like you sinned, and uh, you screwed up, and so you need to own it, and you need to... Confess, and you need to repent, and you need to uh, follow the Lord anew. This isn't one of those. This is one of those situations that uh, you have literally no control over it. The only thing you can control is how you react to it. You you didn't bring it upon yourself. You didn't ask for it. You weren't looking for it, Uh, whether that's a, a job situation, a family situation, a health situation, whatever the case may be uh you, you start to feel like job and and that's not uh, i don't think that's a book of the bible that any of us uh like to pick up and read if if you really study job and you're looking for the resolution at the end and god's going to explain to him why all the suffering and everything else uh that's not exactly what you get Uh, But it's a fascinating book to study. And then it shows up, and today on Theology Thursday, back with our friend Dr. Sam Horn, it shows up in the book of James, uh, quote-unquote, coincidentally, which is no coincidence, uh, the Daily Dose devotional today, uh, which I I wrote a series on Psalm, the book of Psalms. Oh, this was, golly, I don't know, uh, 2019, uh, pre-COVID, if you can remember those days. So 2019, I, I, I started writing daily devotionals, one per psalm. And so today, uh, quote-unquote, coincidentally, in, in conjunction with what we're going to be talking about with Sam today, uh, was Psalm 88, which I entitled uh, <laughs> the Daily Dose today, The bleakest Psalm. That's not exactly an email you want to open up. And, and here's the portions that I, that I put into the, de- the devotional today. Lord, you are the God who saves me. Day and night I cry out to you. May my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to my cry. I am overwhelmed with troubles, and my life draws near to death. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am like one without strength. I am set apart with the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more, who are cut off from your care. Darkness is my closest friend. And certainly Job uh, went down some of those roads. I've gone down some of those roads myself and odds are pretty good that you have as well. So what do we learn today from Job and via the book of James with our good friend, Dr. Sam Horn back in the house as we are getting near the end of uh, the book of James or in uh, the the final chapter, chapter five. Uh, Sam, great to see you, welcome back. Oh, thank you, thank
0: you so much. And I was resonating with what I was listening to. Um, We go through intense pressure at times in our lives and you're going through it. I'm going through it. You know, I was sharing with you just before we got on the air. Man. A good friend of mine, pastor, been a pastor for many years, uh, texted me a couple of hours ago, letting me know that his adult daughter took her own life uh, last night. Mm. And you can't just, you know, it's like a, a gut punch, even oh. even on my end. I can't imagine what he and his wife and yeah. family are going through. Um, every single listener is going to experience what we, what God. Uh, allows mm-hmm. to come into our life because of the curse, yep. because of sin, because of of Satan. We're going to find out that Satan plays an active part in some yep. of this in yep. our show today, but uh, we're talking about Job, and obviously one of the five friends that James brings, uh, James brings to the surface to teach us how to live in a hard place and in a dark space and, and to strengthen our soul, to put iron in our soul, like we talked about. Uh, Abraham shows us You know, about unquestioning obedience in some of the hardest moments in life. Rahab talks to us about what loyalty to God looks like, even against our own family and even against our own community. When our community and our family is not for God and we we have to make those kind of choices. And the prophets talked about uh, and showed us how to be gracious and bold when we have to proclaim truth to God's people. But Job is one of those characters that almost everybody on the planet knows about. Yeah. And they know him for one thing. They know him for the unimaginable, unexplained suffering Mm. that came into his life that cost him immensely. And they also know about what came along with that suffering. It wasn't just the loss of possessions or the loss of people in his life. It was the emotional trauma. It was the mental anguish. It was the... The soul searching, it was the querying that came from some of his closest friends who were like, Job, uh, we we know what's going on yeah. and we just need to get honest about it. Yeah. Even his own wife going, how long are you going to keep holding on to a God who lets this kind of stuff yeah. come to us? And obviously you and I know something that Job didn't know at the start. Like right up front, God says, now before we talk about Job, I want to set the stage for you. And the stage is a scene in heaven. And obviously, you know, if you know much about the Bible and you've read the book of Job, and I know you have and many of your listeners have, but for those that maybe aren't as familiar with the book of Job, the book of Job starts with two chapters that precede sort of like the prologue of what's coming. And God is in heaven and Satan has to show up to give an account to God. It's a magnificent reminder that Satan is on a leash. Right. Amen. He doesn't just run uncontrolled, wreaking havoc on the earth. God ultimately is in charge, and so Satan comes, and as as he's getting ready to leave the presence of God after giving his reluctant report, his bitter, angry report to God about what he's been up to, God says, "Hey, hey! Before you go, hmm. have you considered my servant Job?" Same word that James uses in chapter five when he talks about considering Job. Behold, think, consider. Have you taken a good look at Job, my servant? And God immediately tells us the truth about Job. His friends on the earth are going to come and they're going to say, Job, look, Whatever's going on, we know there's some hidden flaw. There's some hidden sin. Oh, yeah. There's something you're... But God up front says, I want you to know about my servant. He is a righteous man. He turns away from evil, and he serves me. He's been... Job Job functioned as a priest for his family. And Job had... Yeah,
1: Job had, had... For the sake of reading through the book of job hadn't done anything wrong although his friends were convinced that he had correct and so we're going to work our way through this today on theology thursday with our good friend dr sam horn from bju seminary enduring unexplained suffering faithfully as we walk through james we'll be right back Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show, Theology Thursday with our friends at BJU Seminary. Dr. Sam Horn back in the house today as we are getting near the end of our journey uh, through the book of James. And uh, Sam has been preaching on this uh, for a while now at the the church where he's pastoring. And we've been talking about it uh, once or twice a month with Sam on the show. And it's been a great, great journey. And by the way, uh, I have kind of two versions of today's conversation i 've got a longer one, which is essentially I think sam your your sermon notes, right yeah. the longer yeah. one, mm-hmm. and then I have a shorter one that 's a little bit more like a blog post. If you want one or both, just email me i 've got them ready and w- and w- ready to go waiting if you want to if you want a copy of these i'll be happy to send them to you. Especially if you 're experiencing suffering suffering right now you 're going through some very intense pressure. Uh, this would be a blessing to you uh, not because it 's sam, not because it 's me, but because it 's out of god 's word. So if you want a copy for yourself i 'll be able to I can send you both of these and it will be a blessing to you as it has been t- to me today as I prepared for the show. Uh, just email me Steve at the dot com Steve at the Steve noble Show. Say, hey, Steve, send me those articles, and I'll send them to you. Okay, so make sure you do that. So we're talking about uh, dealing with uh, enduring unexplained suffering faithfully. And, of course, in James, uh, James says, hey, you know, he reminds us of the steadfastness of Job and the intense pressures Job was under. And you were mentioning that, Sam, uh, the first two chapters of Job sets it up, which is kind of a head scratcher. Uh, for most of us uh, Christians and you it's like, well, you know, if you consider my servant, Job, it was God's idea in the first place. Uh, but but that pressure, that intense pressure came in a couple of different forms. So let's let's go through that right quick, because I, yeah. I, I want people to make yeah. sure they can kind of relate if they're dealing. kind of relate. This sure, absolutely.
0: Uh, well, one of the big one of the big takeaways that was really sort of an eye opener for me. You know, you talked about head scratchers, So here I am scratching my head what's going on here and then all of a sudden it hit me there is a realm in which a massive conflict is taking place between god and the forces of evil that far surpasses any little conflicts we have here and god chooses a champion named job and he lets it all ride on job Mm. and he turns satan loose on job in fact he says to satan I want you to consider Job. James says to us, I want you to consider Job. Yeah. And what you're going to learn from Job is the incredible mercy and compassion and purposes of God. But God says to Satan, I want you to consider Job. And Satan turns around. It's like he's on his way out the door. He turns around. And he goes, well, everybody knows why he serves you. <laughs> Come on. Are we, who are we Who are we kidding here? Every created being in this realm knows that you put a hedge around Job You put a hedge around his possessions. You blessed him materially. We all know why he serves.
1: Yeah, fair weather fan.
0: Exactly. And God says to him, okay, I'm going to let you go at him, but I'm going to boundary you. You can't touch him, but you can take away all his stuff. You can do your worst. And so Satan does two big things to Job that he does to every believer and every listener of Mm -hmm. your program. And this is that intense pressure we were talking about. There is this relentless accusation that Satan hurls against Job. He stands before God after God has said the truth about Job. Satan comes back and says, God, you're lying about Job. The we know why he serves you. And he accuses Job of just loving God for what God gives. Then he goes to Job's friends and he accuses Job to his friends. There's something wrong with this guy. Right? God would never do this. And then he goes to Job's wife. Satan is an accuser of the brothers, we read, and you can see it in action. There is this relentless accusing that Satan is doing at every level. Yeah. God, his friends, his wife, and even Job himself. What have I done wrong? And I guarantee there are times in our lives where Satan is going to come and he's going to accuse us yep. to ourselves. Yep. And maybe oh, that's man. what some of our listeners are, are hearing today. And then in, in addition to this ruthless or relentless uh, ruthless accusation, there's this relentless uh, attack. Mm-hmm. I mean, he comes at Job with everything, his possessions, all his oxen, his sheep, his camels, his servants, gone in one day. His people, all his sons and daughters are perished. His person later on, God, he goes back, Satan comes back to God and God says, well, what happened? And Satan says, everybody knows what happened, but I know why it happened. Skin hmm. for skin. Yeah. If you let me touch him, I can I can get him. And God says, "I'm not going to let you kill him." So not only now are his possessions gone and his children gone, his family's disrupted, his health is gone, and then his integrity is being questioned by the very people that he's invested yeah. in. His friends. That, that's one of the most painful things, isn't it? When yeah. your integrity gets oh, questioned. Man. Yep.
1: Yeah, uh, and that's and the, the yeah. And at one point, I was thinking as you were explaining that, Sam, uh, about the accusing. That we have to be very careful in the body of Christ when we start accusing one another. Because we're actually, there's a place for iron sharpening iron and speaking truth to one another and uh, having that loving confrontation. There's a place for that. But I think more often than not, we just like to accuse. And when we like to and whether well, that might be me talking to my bride about somebody else, it might be thoughts I have, whatever the case may be. Uh, just a, a friendly little reminder to everybody, myself especially, that when we start playing the accusing game, we're playing Satan's game. That's exactly right. It's like, hey, Steve, I'll give you the baton. Yeah. Knock yourself out. And we, and, and we do his work for him. We do it for him exactly Just really messed well and up.
0: here's here's the hardest thing I think that of everything job suffered there's the accusation there's the attack and then on top of all of that there's the silence oh, from man. God yeah I mean God is like he's there and we see him or we're like job no 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 he's watching he's he's the whole heavenly realm is watching right but from job's perspective where's God why isn't he talking why isn't he answering? For 60 years, I've been offering sacrifices mm. every morning for my kids. I've been teaching people wisdom from the Torah. I have been representing him to the wise men of the world. These three friends, the four friends that come, three of them are from nations that were known for wisdom, and they would they had been learning from Job. Yeah. Job says, I've been representing you, and now you're quiet when I most need you? I, I'm trying to figure out what just happened to me. And you're being quiet. Yeah. And this is where I think uh, that I I use the word torture. Uh, Our souls get tortured with the concept that God isn't there. We know he is theologically, but why isn't he? Why is he absent? Yeah. And this is where we're most vulnerable in my mind. We're most vulnerable for what Satan really wants. And that's to get us to deny God. If you're going to deny me, if you're giving me the silent treatment, I'm done. Right, and that's where a as a pastor, brother, I'm just telling you, I see it at church in churches all the time. People my age, they're fifty, in their mid fifties, and their career stalled out. The dream they had didn't come to pass. They thought their man, I'm, my marriage is going to be great, and it sucks. My kids are all off the rails, and God, I did everything you told me to do. I went to church, mm-hmm. I yeah I read my Bible, I volunteered, I went to men's meetings and this is my life, and they just check out. They yeah. either check out completely or they just sit and they check out mentally. Yeah,
1: And Satan wins. And they go to all kinds of other things other than God, which we're going to get to. And Job said that himself. I think he referenced it here in the overview today in uh, 23.3. Oh, that I knew where I might find him. Like, where are you, Lord? I love the reality and the brutal honesty of Job. We're working through it today with Dr. Sam Horn on Theology Thursday with our friends at BJU Seminary. We'll be right back. Loops. (laughs) More laughs from Ken Kington today at familyminute.org. noble show theology thursday with our good friend dr sam horn from bju seminary uh, back with us as we work our way through james we're towards the end and uh, we've been talking about james for months and months and months started actually last year so we're in james five and we're considering joe because that's uh what james uh and the lord encouraged us to do so uh this is uh, the title today if you, if you want one enduring unexplained suffering faithfully if you want these notes from Sam's uh, message, his sermon, and I've got a condensed version. I'll give both of them to you. Just email me, steve at thestevenobleshow.com, and I'll be happy to send that to you. steve at nobleshow.com. It uh, may be just what the doctor ordered. So uh, everything Job's going through, Satan's ruthless accusations, relentless attacks, friends and remaining family, psychological torture like his wife, saying, I just curse God and die. Uh, And then God's seeming silence, which can sometimes be the most difficult of it all. In the face of all that, we find this really extraordinary patience in Job. And and it's a bit of a wild ride, but we were talking on the break, Sam, trying to come up with an accurate word picture. And I think uh that anchor kind of clipped in, that anchor that even though the sea's going crazy and your boat might be flipping upside and down, you're anchored in. And, and so yeah, you, you
0: got ha- this you got this line that's just running all the way through. Right. And you got these ups, highs and lows, but you're clipped in. And it, it sort of checks your fall, mm. and it checks your rise, and it keeps you stable. It's interesting, the word patient shows up in verse 7. Be patient, therefore, brothers. James has been talking about endurance the whole book, yeah. and endurance is how we build faith. It's, it's the gymnasium, right, right, in which faith works out. And when we work out faith through endurance, we build the muscle of faith. Mm-hmm. So here's Job, and he's building faith through endurance. There's two levels that are happening, right? There's the realm of heaven, yeah, and we got like clear vision there, and we're going, job, 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 you have no idea what's going <laughs> on, you're <laughs> going right. to love it, that's right, but job can't see any of that. Uh-huh. He's down here in the middle of the storm that we were talking about, so what does he anchor his clip to? What does he anchor his life to? And you can see it in the book. I mean, these are the very things that you and I and our listeners need to anchor ourselves mm-hmm. to Amen. when our pain is so intense that our faith is shaken, right? It just, it's almost shattered. And that's what happened to Job. And what he does is he affirms a couple of things. He affirms, for example, the providence of God, the good, wise providence of God. Listen to how he says it in Job 1. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I shall return. We know this. This is like one of the major things we know about Job. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all of this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. Yeah. That slays us, doesn't it? Amazing. Because yep. I'm like, God, why did you do this? This is not fair, this is not just. And Job said, the Lord, ta- the Lord gives, the Lord takes. It's his right, I'm his servant. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah. He anchors that clip right into the wise providence of God, even though he can't see it right. at the moment. right. Here's another thing he does. He affirms the goodness of God. This is hard. This one, I'm not sure how he did this apart from the spirit of God's <laughs> help. This is his wife. And she says, Job, we've lost all our kids. We've lost all our wealth. Our buildings have been destroyed. And now look at your health. You're a wreck. You're out here. You can't even come to the house. You're out here and you still want to tell me God's good. <laughs> you still want to you know, trot out the the integrity of God. Romans 8, 28. How long are you going (laughs) to hold on to this integrity bit? Why don't you you just get honest and curse God and go ahead and die? And Job says to her, he affirms the goodness of God, right? Mm. He just affirmed the providence of God. He now affirms the goodness. He said, you speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Shall we receive good from God? When we receive good, we're happy, right? right? Shall we receive good from God? And not receive evil as well. In all of this, Job did not sin Mm -hmm. with his lips. And then he affirms the sovereignty of God. He says this in Job 13. I I mean, this is incredible. Oh, man. Yeah. Though he kill me, yet will I hope in him. I will continue to be confident in the Lord. I mean, when these answers floated up to heaven, and everybody in heaven is watching <laughs> yeah. this little image bearer yeah, man. being ruthlessly crushed by the most powerful angel in all of the heavenly realms. And this this guy's being crushed. He's being kicked while he's down. He's being attacked. He's being accused by everybody. And up come these answers. Shall we receive good and not evil from the hand of the Lord? The Lord gave, the Lord took away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Though he slayed me, yet will I trust him. Wow. Can you
1: imagine I mean, how upset Satan was every time Job oh, said he what he was? He was, he
0: was shamed <laughs> by this little tiny image bearer. Which is part of it. In front of the whole universe. Yeah, really amazing. And so, And then Job goes on to affirm the faithfulness of God. So his providence, his goodness, his sovereignty, and then his faithfulness. Look at Job 19. For I know that my Redeemer lives. Mm-hmm. Job is confident that God is going to deliver him somehow, some way, yep. somewhere. Yep. I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last, he will stand on the earth. And after my skin, remember, he's got all this
1: Boils stuff on and his stuff, skin. All them,
0: right. He said, after my skin has thus been destroyed, yet yeah. in my body, I will see the Lord. Mm, man. He is so confident in God's promises to him. It's like that clip. Is right. just anchored in, right. and no matter what Satan hurls at him, how deep the wave is or how high the wind throws him, that clip holds in the providence of God, the sovereignty of God, the goodness of God, and the faithfulness of God. And then he affirms the power and the authority of God. I mean, the most powerful being in the universe, Job says, is on my side.
1: That's right, and you got to remember this, that. It's not like and this, yeah, God's some observer.
0: Right. In Job 42, he says, I know you can do all things. He's finally got the conversation going with God. Right. I know you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. And what Job's saying is this, God, I don't understand this. I don't get this. This is not how I would be doing anything. But I know you've got a purpose in this. Yeah. And I know that your purposes will never, ever be thwarted because I know that you have all the power. So whatever this storm is and wherever it came from and however painful it is and however dark it is, I'm clipped on to you. That's right. Because you're the most powerful, sovereign, provident, good, faithful God there is. And so that's the last thing he does. He affirms his trust. This is what he says at the end. He knows the way that I take. Hmm. Job says, I know God knows the path. He knows the path I'm on. And when he is done testing me, refining me, when he's heated up the furnace, as as hot as it's going to get, I know this. I will come forth out of that furnace like
1: gold. Yeah, it reminds me of, you know, part of this reminds me of Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego.
0: Yeah, fine, throw us in the fiery
1: furnace, and if we perish, we perish, if not. uh, And if he doesn't save us, we perish, whatever, but God's still on the throne. And then when you jump to the New Testament and when uh, the Spirit of the Lord says that we can have a peace that surpasses understanding, I think most of us, uh, if we were honest, might want to roll our eyes a little bit on that one. Uh, But again, and and you and I have talked about this on numerous occasions in different ways. Again, providence, goodness, sovereignty, faithfulness, power, and authority. The more you understand God's character— the easier it is to rest in his sovereignty.
0: Yeah. What's amazing to me about all this, Steve, and I know we're going to a break here soon. He never abandons his faith in God. Yeah, He never wavers in his obedience. He never speaks wickedly about God and he never speaks sinfully to God, even though he's extremely frank.
1: He's extremely. like, God,
0: why? You know, I'm extremely frank, right? Yep, but he yep. doesn't sin with his mouth. And the reason we know that is God tells us this. Job didn't sin with his mouth. He didn't sin with his lips. Job says to his friends, I'm angry with you because you have not told the truth about my servant yeah. Job. So Job is affirmed by God. And that's a big lesson for me. In Christ, I am accepted. Right. And I'm affirmed. There's no greater advocate I have mm-hmm. than the advocate who stands at the right hand of the Father. And he says, now that one I made righteous. Yeah. And I you, made Sam Horde righteous. I made Steve preaching. Noble righteous. I made whatever your listeners' names are. I made them righteous. Yeah, that'll preach. And wow, you you start. But Job doesn't see all of this. He's right. got his little clip, right? Clipped into that line of God's yeah. character. Yep. And and he weathers the storm.
1: Yeah, and that's where the the reality that we'll hit the break in about a minute is. You know, we we condemn and accuse ourselves. Satan, of course, is doing it all the time. He gets us to join in on his work. Sometimes we do it to each other, but probably more often than not, we do it to ourselves. And, it, and it's because we believe and that if we were fully exposed, nobody would love us because we're all sham at some level. That's right. And so God is like, uh, no, that's why there's a phrase. That, it was not a song that came out in the last few years. Uh, fully known and fully loved. God's, Correct. It's like, well, Lord, if you knew everything, yeah. uh, you wouldn't allow me into heaven and you wouldn't love me and you wouldn't call me righteous. And God's like, well, as a matter of fact, I do know everything <laughs> and have dealt with everything. And And that guy right there. That guy, that that hot mess over there, that Steve Noble guy, he's mine, and yeah. he's righteous. Yeah, but 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 nope, nope. That was dealt with on a cross. You can't use and that. Du- and anyway. the dumpster
0: fire that Sam Horn, he's <laughs> mine
1: too. He's Although mine too. Sometimes I wonder. Yeah, I'm with you, brother. Two dumpster fires. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. Great to be with you, talking through some uh, difficult subjects with uh, Dr. Sam Horn back in the house. BJU Seminary, we've been uh, spending time with Sam uh, at least once a month, sometimes twice a month over the past. Really, I think we've been talking through the book of James for about a year now, Sam. And today we're getting close to the end. We're in James chapter 5, dealing with God's friend. We've talked about a lot of his friends and James with this one, the, the the last, certainly not the least, would be Job and, and, and James is pointing to to him for a reason. And everything we read about Job, if you've never studied Job, if you've never worked your way through that book, you need to. It's not an easy read because it's a pretty tough story. And then you you and you'll probably relate, you have some friends <laughs> that uh you might want to air quote their friends, or they were friends, and now all of a sudden when some things are going south, not so much anymore. And then wrestling with God, as, as we see uh, in the Old Testament, and, and we all do it too, in the back and the forth. And, and, it, and it's, it's, the thing I love about Job, Sam, is it's just a really honest book, and yeah. uh, it kind of takes you into the dirtier side of life and when things don't go your way. And in this case, wrestling with what's God up to here, Satan's uh, showing up in the throne room, and, and it's God's idea. It's not Satan's idea. Satan doesn't say, hey, I want to talk to you about that Job dude. You're spoiled brat down there. That that's yeah, not yeah. that's not Satan's idea. It's God's idea. So now we in the last segment of the show, Sam, help us to kind of wrap this up and on an upswing and understand what's happening here. Uh and, and again, if you want a copy of the notes today or Sam's sermon, just send me an email, Steve at thesteve com. I'll send it to you, Steve at the Steve Noble Show dot com. Uh this is a pretty big phrase to drop in here. A boundless purpose. And then we're going to look at what God's up to here. So let, let's unpack that as we uh do this last segment. Yeah, and you
0: know I think that's that's so key because like we left Job clipped into this line of God's character being thrown everywhere. I mean he's being tossed down at the yep. very bottom of a wave. The wind's just tornado like just whirling him all over the place but he's clipped in and and so let's leave Job there for a minute, because James says, I want you to consider something about Job that you've learned. Now, he's talking centuries later to readers, and he right. says, here's what you've learned. You know about the merciful kindness of God, and you know about God's purposes. So what is God up to? And so let me, let me just kind of unpack this, because this actually, I think, is the meat of what I need when i'm in a mm, yeah. job like thing god is proving something he's strengthening something he's deepening something he's he's producing something right. and he's displaying something right so what is he proving he's proving to the universe that job's faith is real it's genuine it's 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 authentic uh peter talks about this right in mm. first peter you have been grieved by various trials. There's not one there's not a reader listening to you that's our age or younger that hasn't had trials right, that's right. that have been very grievous to them. That's right. You've been grieved by various trials. Why? So that so that the tested authenticity, the tested genuineness of your faith may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus mm. Christ. What do you think was going on in heaven when oh, Job man is being tossed around, clipped into this line, and he starts throwing up words, and those words land in the courtroom of heaven. <laughs> Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Shall we receive good and not evil at the hand of the Lord? Blessed be the name of the Lord. I mean, the whole of the universe must have exploded in these massive yeah, tears when these little answers kind of land in the throne room of God. Job can't hear or see any of right, this. that's right. But but God is proving the genuine and
1: Satan of faith. in the corner, kicking the wall and throwing stuff.
0: Oh, so God's proving something that yep. the authenticity he's strengthening that faith. James says, you know, that the testing of your faith, this is what's being tested. Mm-hmm. Job's faith and God is being tested produces steadfastness. And centuries later, James says, now you want an example of steadfastness? Yeah. God's tested Job's faith and he became the quintessential Example of faith, uh, of steadfastness. He deepened his relationship with Job. Job said it this way in Job 42, 5. I had heard of you with my ear, but now my eye sees you. In other mm. words, God, I had all this theology, I believe. <laughs> I was offering all of these sacrifices, doing all of these rituals. But in this hurricane, in this typhoon, yeah. I experienced you. And I would never trade that experience for
1: every person I've ever talked to, Sam. And, you know, this yourself and probably any Christian you've ever talked to that's gone through just horrendous circumstances will always bring that up, that they've never felt closer to God.
0: Correct. You know, at what point
1: that that happens in their journey, I don't know. But that is one of the results. And that doesn't happen any other. way.
0: Stunning, right? Stunning. So he proves something. He strengthens something. He deepens something. He produces something. He produces fruit. In us and that's james's point see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth mm-hmm. and the fruit that that is being produced is righteousness job is displayed as a righteous man yeah. and what gets displayed through job is the stunning glory of god's character lamentation says i i call this to mind and this is why i have hope the steadfast love of the lord never ceases amen and that sustained Job, and so ultimately, at the end of the day, this little image bearer, a fraction of the size of the most glorious being <laughs> in the universe besides God, yeah. Satan, Satan yep. defeats and shames and puts to flight the most powerful enemy of God with his words so and awesome. his
1: faith. Yeah,
0: wow. And and here's the here's the big thing, right? God is actually using Job to do something that we're not going to see until we get to the New Testament. Because his friends are all saying to Job, Job, you can't be a righteous man and God do this to you. But in the New Testament, we're going to meet another Mm -hmm. righteous man. That's right. Who's like Job. And Satan is going to have Adam. That's right. And this time, God is going to let Satan take away his life. Yeah, the the,
1: the ultimate Job is not jesus the ultimate job is jesus yeah and so but if you go
0: to the jews today and you ask them why they don't accept jesus at the end of the day they'll say this to you god would never do that to his righteous messiah Mm -hmm. he would never let that happen and you want to look at those people and say but he did it with job right he let satan at job just like he let satan at jesus there are only three people in the on the planet or four people on the planet that had direct encounters with Satan, Adam and Eve in the garden, Job, and Jesus in the temptations. Yeah, that's right. Right? And, and Jesus is the reason that Job endured. And so what do we do with all this? I mean, how do we wrap all of this up? And I would just say, as we consider Job, there are three things that I want to do, three things I want to take away. And I hope our listeners will as well. Number one, I want to turn to God. Mm-hmm. No matter what, I want... I want to turn to God in Job chapter one, verse 20, Job fell on the ground after all of this happened and he worshiped. Amen. And then I want to cling to God. I don't want to just turn to God and worship. I want to hold on with my entire strength. And this is what he says. I know my Redeemer lives, lives and at the last he will stand on the earth and I will see God. So I want to turn to God. I want to cling to God. And then I want to continue to hope in God. Though he slay me, Job says, yet will I trust him. And of course, at the end, you know, God rewards Job richly. Right, yep. And some of that reward was in heaven and some of that reward was on earth. But the reward that we get, Paul talks about, he said this momentary mm-hmm. affliction is, is it's light compared to the surpassing weight of the glorious reward God has for those yeah, that remain faithful.
1: Yeah, that, that which is an amazing thing to think about, and that's why we have to fight like the Dickens to – you keep talking about being clipped in. Uh, don't clip yourself into the reality of your somewhere between 78- and 81-year average lifespan here in America, as if that's Correct. everything. I used to – in a Sunday school class I taught years ago, an adult Sunday school class – Sam, I don't, I don't, I, I was, th- this, this line kind of came up to me, and uh, I was using it in class a lot. And I said, I would say, quit living for the dot and start living for the line. And I literally, in a, in a nice-sized classroom, I said, okay, so let's look at the whole of this classroom, every square inch, the walls, the ceilings, all of it, okay, all that space. And then I grabbed a dime, and I went and stuck a dime up with a piece of tape on, on like, the upper corner of the wall. I said, okay, there's, that, there's the dime. The dime represents your 78 and a half to 81 two year, 82 years of life here on earth. Everything else in this room, every square inch of, of the wall space, every cubic inch in the air, all of it, that all represents eternity with God in heaven. Wow. The dime is our life here on this little rock. Correct. Don't, don't live as if all there is is the dime. When the reality is the dime eventually becomes, by comparison, insignificant, statistically insignificant relative to eternity. It's a launching pad into the rest of the room, to
0: use your analogy. Right.
1: And so you said that's the perspective that we have to literally fight for, like the little train that could. And and we need to fight for it like Job did and to anchor ourselves in, to clip ourselves in, as you said, and continue to remind ourselves. Of these truths of God's providence, his goodness, his sovereignty, his faithfulness, his power and authority. And then and then turning to God, clinging to God and hoping to God. Such a powerful message uh, literally for every single one of us, Sam. So thank you, as always, for leading us so well. Uh, And happy fourth. Amen. Thank you very much. Our Independence Day as Americans, but never independent of the Lord. Remember that Uh, we'll pray with Sam here in just a second. This is Steve Noble on the Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you again real soon. And like my dad always used to say, ever forward. Another program powered by the Truth Network.